So, you know, Beatles, The Who, Queen. Yes, 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 yes. Led Zeppelin was actually like a later ad. Yeah. Cream was like my love for so long. Oh my God, Cream boy. I just remember Cream and Clapton and like. I was going to say like his solo stuff is just insane. I was really like feeling the emotions of like every Dylan song when I first discovered him. So that was another huge one. Um, I remember just like playing video games and listening to Bob Dylan and being like, I want to tell stories the way he does. And and, like, I want to have the societal, you know, impact in the way he speaks about stuff like that. And that was a huge inspiration to me as well. Absolutely. Like my gateway into cream. Uh-huh. Was through School of Rock. Listening to Sunshine. I was gonna love. say I listening was to Sunshine say, of Your Love for the first oh, time as dude, he grabs the instruments and stuff. I was like, You reminded what the me hell is this? That's like the key I was missing in my story was the school of rock. That's the that movie is, that changed everything for me. That's that's one of my favorite movies. Of it's all it's it genuinely it's thoroughly like top, is in my top, my top twenty five. Top it's in my top three. Yeah, it's probably cool. it's up there. And I yeah. saw the stage performance of it at the the lo- a local the secret show here really um oh, yeah it was amazing. it was so cool so oh, so fun it's amazing did you hear about i did he got like a dui or something not, no 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 not even that the guy who played freddie the they drummer, stole guitars or something no 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 that was the guitar oh guy. oh oh the guitar zach mooneyham yeah, was yeah. the uh guy yeah i yeah, did he hear stole about guitars that stuff, but like Kevin that, Fox, like the guy who played freddie he it broke my yeah heart he it, broke my heart so, so bad i remember too. reading that it was like around. I know, I know. Like up north, and I was like, "That's oh, insane. I didn't know that." Like he was, yeah, on that bike. was like, I like the whole thing. He was on his bike or something. Got, this like, is Freddie Jones in the movie, right? Fred, yeah, yeah. Freddie Jones, the drummer. Gosh, dude, that heart—that is hard to hear. Yeah, man. I can't really wrap my head around that. Like childhood hero, even though he was a child as well, but right, like right. just wanting so bad to be those that's kids the, and be so that's, inspired. Yeah. That's what I love about that movie too. Is most of those kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, apart from, you know, Miranda Cosgrove, <laughs> like most of those kids, they just played it like, for real, right? That was like their one movie, right? And it was done. And then it was just straight into true, like, right back into music. For well, it was people. awesome. That, yeah. Cause they were all cast based on their talents and their yeah, exactly. ability to actually yeah. play those instruments. And they but, just... like the fact that none of them went back into film and stuck with music. Right. Like, right. I didn't know that actually. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. They had that like reunion show with Jack Black. I don't know if you ever saw it. Yeah, I saw it. I saw so good. the YouTube video. Of it. Yeah. That's what I saw too. Insane. But yeah, the, the, the Andrew Lloyd Webber, uh, you know, Broadway adaptation was also super, super good. everybody and welcome back to the soundtracks of our lives this is rylan martins your host and we are back this is season three i took a way longer than expected hiatus but we're back and what a way to start this off we have 
a true friend, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Braden Swope. In oi, oi, oi. Oh What's my God. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for including me on this podcast. Of course. I am so excited to be a part of it. I've listened to like almost every episode and I'm, and, and you and I've been going back and forth being like, when is it my time? When is it my turn? It is. So I, I feel very time. honored to be uh, the season return guest. Oh my God. So, of course. You very brought happy, me very out excited. of my funk. I did, man. You that's really did. The, that's the magic. You were like, Ryland, when the hell are we doing this? When are we doing this? I forced your hand, man. And sometimes that's just got to happen. You did. You tossed the ball in my court. I and... did. And the ball was tossed back because look at where we are. Look so, at where we are. I'm very excited. So before we start. Yes, sir. I am going to hand the floor over to you. Um, wow. Just give the audience a little bit of an introduction about yourself. Absolutely. You know, and yeah, floor is yours. Awesome. So my name is Braden Swope. I'm a recovering heroin addict. Um, <laughs> I like uh, we're going to we're really going to open up very quickly here. Yeah. Um, no. So I am a filmmaker based in uh, near Los Angeles, California. I'm sure the people listening know who I am, so I won't indulge myself too much here. <laughs> but yeah, I just premiered my first feature film back in uh, August ago. Ryland was there with me cheering me on of our hype course. man. Um, I grew up and born and raised in Orange County, California, and I, you know, loved it ever since. I never want to leave. It's kind of my home. And I've been making movies since I was young. Um, and I've been playing music since I was young. So I'm sure those are going to be sort of the two big topics of conversation today. To be perfectly honest with you, I think we actually will talk about music more than we will talk about movies because that's... Well, I hope so. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, I think we'll talk about, <laughs> I think we won't hit soundtracks as much as uh, you may think. Really? Um, yeah, I think we're going to focus in on a, a lot of other stuff because... Before I was a filmmaker, I mean, I've kind of always been a filmmaker, but like before that, I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to play in a band and uh, there's a lot of history to cover, but I'm really excited to answer these questions and sort of give my backstory. So thank you once again for having me. Oh my Brandon God. Swope. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I've known Braden now for about two and a half years. That's nuts, dude. It feels yeah, like it's been like insane. six years. And I've, I've known you for two and a half years and I've only met you twice. Twice, two which times. is ridiculous. The first two time times. I met, I'm wearing. I'm actually currently wearing. Sorry to our audio listeners, uh, but I'm wearing <laughs> a shirt that I got uh, when I saw you. It was at the Chicago celebration for Star Wars. <gasps> oh my god! So yeah, it was uh, such a tribute to you. I I, I definitely <laughs> did it intentionally. I love that. I know. Um, yeah, Braden is Ethan Hammock's friend. As That's true, and he's been on the podcast before. He came to Chicago for one week about a yeah, week. it was one week that we never forgot my friend one week that we never forgot well and it's um, so funny because like when we we hung out obviously a lot because I was sleeping in your bedroom when I was there right. um but there was this one night where we were having a little party up at uh whomever's uh apartment that was yeah um and Ethan was off somewhere because obviously I was sort of sticking to Ethan the whole time but mm -hmm. then like Somehow I found myself alone with you and we just started talking about music. I don't know if you remember this exactly. Um, I mean, I don't remember exactly what we talked about, but I sure. do remember this encounter. And I think, that's right. What I think it's where it sparked it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a, it was like a, Oh my God, there's so much to relate to here. Yeah. I think we had like a speaker going and you and I were like drumming along and we both specifically knew the like we, drum. Yeah. 
roles on some song and i was like oh you you, I you? Remember, yep and I we sort of shared that. our love for uh for the music that's similar to us uh to, to each other mm-hmm. um, so that was really fun and that's sort of why i was like oh my gosh we're gonna relive it in a podcast that's awesome yeah that was the night where the stars aligned. that's true that the stars aligned our, and the uh that was our was, bonding moment I mean, it was a true soundtrack of was, our lives moment yeah it was a fleeting moment because that's the only that's time true, yeah. I ever saw him until, like you mentioned, last August. Yeah, last August. So I don't, this will probably come out. So it'll be probably about two months ago uh, when this episode yeah. comes out. But yeah. like we messaged so much in between those two events, though, yeah, that like yeah. there was there was such a friendship there, which I really yeah. appreciated. So I heard about human resources. Yes. Like so our yes, our, we met our, and then oh, true. You know, I was right. on the train. I was on the hype train. The hype train. Yeah, Rylan here was like (laughs) the hype man. So much so that his title, uh, his seat at the premiere of our mystery horror film, uh, Human Resources, uh, said hype man. Oh, there it is. Okay, that's amazing. So he has it on his wall to anyone listening. It is his seat number and then it's a special guest. What does it say exactly? Special guest and hype hype man. man And hype man. So he was our guy, dude. And you are our guy, man. So I really appreciate that. So it's going to be mean, fun. Be it was time. all you guys. You gave me something to, you say, give me something incredible to hype up. Thank you. That no means one so much. Seeing you there in that audience, dude, meant, meant more than you will ever know. Oh my God. So we, we got to stop this romantic talk. It's getting yes. disgusting. And let's talk about some music, so baby. Let's for the go. Ages, I know. This is, the ages. this is the soundtracks <laughs> of our lives. So, oh my God. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm assuming you're ready. I am ready. Go. I've, I've been oh ready. God. You've been ready for so since long. 20, I was guess 2019 when I met you, right? Pretty That's much. Fast. Yeah. It's really right. scary that that was so long ago. I know. Insane. Yikes. As you know, this is the soundtracks of our lives. It I is. will, you know, reach into your inner being. Please. I want you to get deep with me, pull man. Pull out whatever your music memories are from your earliest memories all the way Early. up to now Absolutely. and potential future, whatever it may be. So to start off, let's go back in time. Let's I go want back you to set time. the scene for me. Scene. Um, go into what your music taste was like in the past from your earliest memories, whatever sure. you can remember. You know, what were you listening to at the time? What was the scene like? Do you want me to go um, just kind of throw whatever at you and see what happens? Or do you want me to set you a specific scene? If you want to set a specific scene, right, sure, sure. throw stuff at me. Here, yeah, yeah okay. I, I think that's how we'll do it. So, okay. I, so, I want to do a little bit of both, actually. A little bit of both. Okay, yeah. so this is going to be, I'd say, probably 2005, 2006, maybe. All right. Obviously, you're not going to be too in tune with music, you know, before the, that age around there. But as you sort of start to come into yourself and, uh, you know, recognize that there's a great, big, beautiful world around you, um, music is absolutely something that you you know, connect to very quickly. And so I remember very specifically, it's like you think back on your childhood and you're like awakening moments. I know it's a meme on TikTok of people being like, <laughs> do you remember when you like just kind of realized you were a living, breathing person? Right. <laughs> and right. like one of my most important like wake up moments was I was sitting in like a, cause me and my brother, I, I'm uh, from a family with three brothers uh, I'm the middle child. We would always, before my little brother was born, me and my older brother, Evan, who we made our horror feature with, we would always go to this one McDonald's when I lived in Long Beach, uh, California. 
and we would get breakfast with my dad. Like I, I'm so, I'm so viscerally remember the, these McDonald's breakfasts and we would listen to Abbey road. Oh, and we would listen to Beautiful. Abbey road every freaking day, dude. I and cause it was that. like our, I know it was like our son father bonding uh, type of thing. It's like, we would it's get like up. Ritualistic in a sense. It was very ritualistic. Yeah. And we were, we were like partially homeschooled at the time. Cause up until eighth grade, I did like a hybrid thing where it was, uh, we were three days at school or sorry, we were actually two days at school and three days home. So we had Much a lot like of free what's time. happening right now. Exactly. Yeah. Except none of it was remote. It was all like, you would get your lesson plans and you do your work. Right. Anyways, irrelevant details, but yes. all that to say, uh, like it gave us a lot of free time to kind of just hang out and drive the roads of uh long beach we we would go on a lot of long car rides and stuff mm -hmm. and it was always abbey road dude i don't know what we had so much beatles like we had so many beatles uh albums yeah. but like this moment i just remember so specifically i like remember exactly where i was facing i was facing these like bushes and this like it was kind of like a dirty mcdonald's but it's such a special memory to me where I'm just hearing like the end by the Beatles play, like as I'm like eating the pancakes of this delectable, uh, you know, <laughs> McDonald's breakfast, which are still amazing, by the way. Oh, yeah. And I, and I just see it as like this like spark of like life uh, in my not only my life, but in my musical tastes where it was like, OK, music is not just something stimulating to my ears. It's like it could be a very spiritual, very personal very amazing, very moving, thing, very yeah. moving. Exactly. Something that can tie so closely to a memory like mm -hmm. that. Um, and so that was really where it all began. In my opinions, I'd say that was like 2005. I don't exactly know when we moved to Long Beach. I think it was 2005 or six, but it was like the year we moved there before yeah. that. I'm sure I have some other sprinkled in memories about music somewhere, but that one's just sort of the definitive one for me, oh, I would I say. Love that. So that's my setting the scene. One. Yeah. The beautiful, beautiful ambience of a Long Beach McDonald's parking lot. How about that? That's the gloriousness uh, of California for the me. Long Beach McDonald's parking lot, Abbey <laughs> Road. Abbey Road, baby. Oh, what a scene. I know. It's a good scene. Man. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's a scene that I always just sort of like pop into when I'm yeah. thinking about, especially when I think about the Beatles. Mm -hmm. All right. Quick. Yeah. Go for um, it. Question. What's your favorite track on that album? I have to ask. Oh, my gosh. You mean like at the time or like? Over the 16 years, I've listened to Abbey freaking road. Honestly, okay. What about at the time and then now? At the time, I very specifically remember listening to the end. Like that was just the one. And honestly, I don't even know why I asked the question because I think that's still my favorite song now. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say that is just, uh, just by the time you get to the end of that song and everything's building, it's kind of it, it crashed down to the end in the end, that part. Yeah. Like just that hits my childhood feeling so hard man oh i love it's just that. like the love you like just the, it's just so i don't know it's everything to me it's right, everything right. to me so that's that's the memory that i wanted to reference very specifically um but there's plenty to talk about generally and you oh know God, along yes. the way so and let's we, get we into it so yeah we have abbey road we do have abbey road and we have i mean you said you grew up around a lot of beatles yeah so, so that's sort yeah. of the next step this is how sort of the era that i chunked together in my notes here is like the Beatles in the beginning uh, is yeah. what I call it. I I, the Beatles were like, <laughs> if I'm being perfectly honest, perhaps the only band I could name till I was like 10. Uh, like it was just yeah. the Beatles, dude. And then it was like every Beatles album we had in the, cause we had this like 
this is uh, something I won't be able to, a lot of people won't be able to say is, but we actually had CDs. Like we had CDs and we had a CD yeah, player right. in the car. And it's just yeah. like, it's really bizarre to say that that's a, that's sort of a bygone era now. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's weird to say that we had such a thick case of CDs because we yeah. would go, we would actually uh, road trip up to Sacramento like all the time because mm-hmm. I have family that lives up there. We haven't gone in a long while, but like as a childhood thing, it was like, it's road trip time. We're going to be listening to obviously Abbey Road um, and then like every other Beatles album. And so to like really contextualize like my next steps as far as music, uh, we have to talk about the amazing compilation album that is Love, uh, which was made for the Cirque du Soleil show um, yes. uh, for the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely one of those things that's like so, so important in my music journey because I listened to that album and there were some tracks on there that like were my definitive versions of those songs by the Beatles, like the rock and roll version of revolution or like the more acoustic version of of strawberry fields. Like those are like the, the versions of those songs that when I think of those songs, that's what comes to mind. Yeah. You just Um, resonate with them. Exactly. Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know, it was like a, it was George Martin, uh, the Beatles producer who made this amazing, like remixed, reduxed compilation album of like the Beatles best hits, but they were, he had like the entire sound library of the Beatles to work with. Um, and, and they crafted something. So, and I think his son also actually worked on it and it's a lot of very bizarre, like new transitions, but there's also like some really cool, just like completely and utterly different versions and variations of the Beatles songs and like remixes and remi- uh, and like, what's the word, like mashups and stuff like that stuff. I really loved. And so the, the point I'm trying to make about this album, why I'm uh, focusing in on it so much is it's like, it kind of taught me that like music could be like, it showed me that it could be like more spiritual experience, I think. And so like learning those songs and like getting used to something so sort of cerebral and surreal for as a young age, it was like bizarre, but it like really like awakened to me to use the word again yeah. um, to like just soundscapes. Like, and I'm young, like I'm six listening to this stuff exactly. um, and we're playing the love compilation soundtrack on like a, you know, an eight hour car ride, sometimes on repeat. And it really dig like it digs into your brain, dude. Like it, it, it sticks there. Yeah. It totally sticks there. And it like sort of shapes your, not only like your tastes later on in life, but kind of just like how you perceive music. And I guess like to be pretentious to how you perceive the world too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are like I two. I assume too that like you listening to those soundscapes, listening to, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It also kind of awakened your eyes to like, or kind of had a big impact on your filmmaking. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that, yeah, I, I, I kind of want to jump to my next one then to sort of explain what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I would say that was a huge factor in it. Absolutely. There is sort of like a composing nature to like like an uh, original soundtrack nature to a lot of love, a lot of the compilation album love um, that feels very like there's a lot of instrumental stuff. There's a lot of, like, especially like the weaving together of like stories through keeping the music going and never having a transition or really a pause. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's absolutely. I actually didn't even think I made that connection. I didn't write that down, <laughs> but that's a good catch. I think so. I think so. Absolutely. See, I got you. Yeah, you got me, man. The next thing I'll say, this is kind of like jumping topics, yeah. but it's in the exact same era. So I wanted to talk about it. Obviously, we're now, you know, we were CD obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, we had everything. We would buy like everything we loved that would come out 
Um, and this included a soundtrack score. So I will take this time to talk about soundtrack scores a little and what they meant to me uh, being a young child. Um, so as we lived at this Long Beach house, me and my brother, Evan, uh, who, who now is like a professional you know, filmmaking <laughs> business partner at this point now, but then yeah. he was just, he was just my bro and he was just who I had, uh, you know, to spend time with. And in the summer of 2006, when my little brother Landon was born, we got a video camera to film the baby. Obviously that was the intention, but it was like completely taken over uh, by me and Evan as, yeah. as a, something to make movies with. And so like, yeah, we started like telling stories uh, and stuff. But the biggest thing that was important was that we would play at this age, we would play this imagination game where we would just go into our garage, which was like turned into like a playroom. And we would put on these original soundtrack scores on our CD player. And we would just improv imagination stories as we were doing that. Oh, that is brilliant. Isn't that so cute? I got, yeah. I mean, adorable. now I look at it like being like, oh my gosh, look how much this influenced me. But at the time I was just having fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. So insane. Yeah. So that really, I feel like is like definitely my most important or my second most important sort of life moment Mm -hmm. uh, as it comes to music, because we were learning, you know, not even learning, but like just trying until we failed, like story beats. And we were really into Star Wars and stuff. So we would pull, you know, plot lines from Star Wars and just like live them out, but we would time it to the music. So yeah. like that was kind of built into my head of like musical timing and rhythm and like crescendos and, and decrescendos and stuff like that. Just, it was there cause it was playing and we were having a good time. We didn't know what we were doing. Uh, we were just having a good time. Yeah. So, I mean, no one really knows what they're doing. At no, I know. And you know, I know it's just but, figuring out what works and then exactly. So I guess like, I really, I really attribute like Star Wars, I guess, now that I think back on it, because like the main thing we would play was John Williams' Revenge of the Sith original soundtrack. Yeah. Some of the best music on there. Like, it's so good. Oh, yeah. And we would like, we would like pretend that we were like betraying each other and like all these crazy, intense, dramatic improv moments. And we did it like every day uh, for years. So it was really like built into me, like these soundtracks and just the importance of those things to me could not be understated, I think. I mean, it had such a big impact on your life and absolutely on your present and potential future that absolutely it has to be talked about as a huge, huge pivotal moment in your life. Yeah, it was it was pivotal, dude. It was like when I look back on like the nostalgia of my childhood, like that's what I pull out is like, yeah, those moments, like hearing music, hearing instrumentation and just like telling stories. I, th I thought that was like something to pull from where I'm at now because I felt like that was a good crossroads. Yeah. But soundtracks won't return in this story, I don't think, for a while, because <laughs> then we have a lot of more history to get into. Which I am 100% here for. So let's get Amen. into it. Let's do it. So here's like the crazy tangent that happens in my music and in, in the soundtracks of my life story <laughs> was that we really got into Weird Al Yankovic, like right after the Beatles. Like, oh my look god, at that. me too. What the did you really? Oh yeah, my god. I really did. Let's go. Are you kidding me? I didn't know that about no, you. No, I kid you. I not. thought you were I mean, gonna I... be like, where did that come from? No, no, no. I like... got into that. I was between the ages no. of like seven to yes. I want to say eleven or twelve. I was just me too. That was the ages for that me. Was like so we were it. We, we were listening in sync, brother. 
That's yeah, awesome. That. Look at that I love connection. that too. I know, I know. <laughs> but it was just, I just thought it was funny when I'm doing my notes because it's like the Beatles and love soundscapes and then Weird Al, <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic. Yankovic. Yep. So, you know, parody artist extraordinaire Weird Al Yankovic was seen by me in concert three times at like eight years old. Amazing. We would go like every summer at the OC fair. We would see Weird Al Yankovic. Love that. And dude, like honest to God, like Weird Al Yankovic, was and perhaps is more important to me than the Beatles. <laughs> Maybe wow. by like only only like a slight margin and like the only Beatles because are a of, very close second, but they're a Weird very Al, close like... second. But Weird Al, because of like the personal uh nature that Weird Al, like the spot mm-hmm. that he holds in my heart, <laughs> it's hard to be like, you know, deny in denial of that fact. <laughs> no, absolutely. So um and did you ever have that like it was one of his releases. It was just all his music videos put into like a DVD. Um, I didn't have the DVD, but I've seen that. You've seen multiple, that? I've seen Where it. It's around, like him like on the static times. on the TV, I believe. Yeah. And he's poking out. On so UHF, that was yeah. like, yeah, well, there's also UHF as well. But there was like a compilation album no, where you just, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where you just put it in and it's just every music video. And like, oh my God, like we were so <laughs> obsessed with it, dude. We would listen to like, or we would watch like White and Nerdy and like, it's all about the Pentiums and yeah, like uh, all those music videos on repeat. Even the older dude. ones with like, you know, his Michael Jackson oh, covers yeah. and like. Yes. Oh, when yeah, I heard fat- Smells Like Nirvana for the first Ooh. time. Oh, that's got a great music video too. It does. The way he emulates those I was going to say, I, I was just gonna, talking to my brother about this is like, because we were sort of discussing like parody as a whole. Mm-hmm. And like parody is a pretty cringy type of thing in essence, like in a vacuum, like yeah. you're just, you're just parodying something. It's what you kind of associate with like YouTube parodies <laughs> or like Minecraft parodies on YouTube or something. Right. But like Weird Al, because he's so specifically replicating these bands, it just adds a whole other level of sophistication to their, like sometimes because I, I always have like both the original and the parody version of like any song he would parody in my Spotify. And if I'm shuffling and there's like an instrumental intro, I'm like, which one is it going to be? I don't know. They're so ridiculously close. You know, for someone who's really attuned to the Mm -hmm. musical nature of those songs or whatever, you you can can tell. tell, Yeah. But, it's weird how yeah. <laughs> it's like, like when like gangsters casual pra- listener, yeah. When I you Paradise never know, playing, right? I'm like, is this gonna be Coolio or Weird Al? I don't right. know. That's not a question that you would normally think to ask. I know exactly. Is it Coolio? Is it Coolio or Weird Al? Yeah, or Weird Al? Cool. Is it Michael Jackson or Weird Al? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then the lyrics hit, and you're like, yes, I yeah. was wanting it to be Weird Al. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, that was just a huge. Like our friends got us into. They might have even given us that DVD with the music videos, and we were mm-hmm. obsessed. We were that we were set. We were we would like. Uh, do you remember? I don't know if you were sort of old enough for it. I wasn't either, but my dad <laughs> would always pirate stuff from LimeWire. Same. Did you do the same like as a kid? Because I never did it personally, but like I <laughs> did. My mom showed me how. And then, oh, really? Boom, That's I was great. Like, off to the races, I did it. That's a very special era for music. It, yeah. Very special, and oh, yeah. it's funny that I got to experience it being six. Um, cause I was like, I didn't really fully understand the concepts of it either. Right. Um, but yeah, like we would fire it so much weird Al, <laughs> and we would search for him and it was such a weird, like LimeWire was such a weird platform where like, you wouldn't always get what you were looking for. Like you would look up weird Al, and like, they would attribute like the artists to weird Al, but it would be just like someone's song that they made. Yeah. 
Um, exactly. So I just, there's some like very raw, weird things about LimeWire that like I look back on very fondly. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird too, because Weird Al, like not even the parodies, but mm-hmm. his original songs are so that good. he would emulate the styles of his other style artists, parodies, dude. That's another insane. thing. Yeah. His uh, his Frank Zappa style parody, uh, Genius in France is what it's called, Mm -hmm. um, is like one of my favorite songs ever. (laughs) Like, it's so uh, unbelievably genius. And like, a lot of people don't know who are, you know, outside of the Weird Al fandom, a lot of people don't know. And I'm just kidding. Like, there's a very huge cult following for him. Like, I saw him at the Hollywood Bowl in like 2017. um, And like, I saw him three times back when I was like eight or nine. And like, there are hardcore Weird Al fans. Oh, yeah. Because his concerts are like, I don't, do you, have, do you ever see him? I have not, no. No, so his his concerts are like experiences. Like they are, he, he really puts the show, he really shows his showmanship. He like shows like clip shows in between his songs. Um, and they're super interesting and engaging. And a lot of them are like, uh, he would do like fake interviews with uh, celebrities where he would match the lighting exactly to like a famous person's interview. And they would kind of edit it in a way that it felt like Weird Al was asking them questions. So he did those and he yeah. plays those at his show. And then he plays clips from like his uh, network show, Weird Al show. And it's mm-hmm. just like, and he goes all out with his costumes and his like production design. And he like gets into the fat costume on stage with like, oh. I love that. which is like i mean it's just hilarious yeah if you're him you're gonna go all out There's i know no I know. way you're not gonna do absolutely that for the yeah and then like the hollywood bowl tour one in 2017 was also awesome they had a full orchestra for weird oh, yes you heard that right there was a full orchestra amazing. for weird al yankovic it was amazing <laughs> so i'm so glad we share that that's so funny oh, that's, that's so, so cool awesome. um the style parodies there's a style parody that he does and he emulates the doors yeah, the Craigslist, uh, Craigslist one. Yeah, yeah which yes. is incredible. Craigslist. It's so oh good. My God, it's... And like a, a lot of the times he's just picking like chord progressions from, you know, very famous songs and it yeah. can be obvious, but sometimes it's like, that so sounds like that original band, but it, like, it's nothing like their songs. Like it's like exactly. he somehow finds that middle ground, which I just think sets him apart. Right. So yeah, we loved Weird Al, dude. All in 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 a summary Weird for that Al era. For Weird win. Al for the big win. And like um, my brother Evan made this point earlier today because I was talking to him about this podcast, and he was like, mm-hmm. the parodies that he did exposed us to a lot more music because we yeah, had definitely. like we we were like six or seven. We weren't like exploring, you know, uh, the Doors discography. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but exactly. like we were hearing you know craigslist by weird al um which is a style parody and then it's like okay who is he emulating or like any of the direct parodies it's like okay i i want to kind of listen to this music now yeah. too like what's so the kind original of the thing. exactly you listen to it and then and you're like before hey. you know it, you're in a rabbit hole exactly big rabbit hole and you're done yeah yeah so so i think that sort of wraps up my uh you know 2000 2006 to 2009 ish like era. 2000s, yeah. yeah, the 2000s. Or I'll mention one more thing about the mm-hmm. 2000s that I yeah. think is relevant. It'll come back later in the story. Sort of like my foray into like the YouTube scene was actually mm-hmm. pretty important to like my musical journey or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, and I don't know how much it applies to you, but like I guess because of Weird Weird Al, we would seek out sort of like we would seek out comedy music in essence. Like obviously, like I said before, like the parodies are kind of cringe, but like uh, there would be people like uh, did you ever watch like Julian Smith, his videos 
Uh, this Possibly sort of is sort I of have... a little bit more niche yeah. YouTube, not really that niche because he has like videos with tens of millions of views. Right. Um, but he would do like very creative, original comedy music. Um, mm-hmm. And that's all he would do. And they, he would do music video, very creative music videos to them. And we were obsessed with that too. And, and I was obsessed overall with like YouTube and viral videos and like, yeah. like, so that was sort of an important, uh, I guess, segue into um, my later, you know, years of sophistication, because it was sort of like the pausing moment where like I, got, I had gone through like this film score era i had you know gone through and was going through the weird al era and i had you know still been in love with the beatles but then there was like sort of this break in between um where it was like just listening to like weird youtube stuff and like like epic rap battles even oh my god uh which i like still listen to today and i'll i'll own that and also like the 2000s music that was also coming out like i remember listening to fireflies every day of my life oh my god i was obsessed with fireflies right owl city the greatest band of all time of can't all time. deny you it you heard it here first you heard it here first and you'll hear it here last yeah oh my <laughs> um, god um but then like you know not much else really at the time sort of a lull period i just wanted to yeah. mention like literally like the era where i was listening to minecraft parodies like it's yeah. that era so it's the uh I mean, it's every the, musical uh, journey i feel like has yeah it's the sophomore a little slump. bit of a lull you know oh a little bit of a slump where you're exactly. just going along with you're just going you along know, with whatever's the on the radio exactly. whatever's trending that kind of stuff after that's done and that never really died dude i will sub- listen to epic rap battles with like full confidence till the day i die as you should <laughs> as i should exactly as you should <laughs> Um, but then, um, and I don't like all this timeline stuff that I'm saying, who knows where it all places. Um, but like, yeah, it's true. It's just sort of vignettes from everywhere. I'll take vignettes. I'm trying to keep it as I, I I think very chronologically, it's like kind of how I like to think about life. So I'm going to try and stay on the path. (laughs) Um, but like the beginning of my like quote unquote sophisticated music intake, uh, came in, uh, I was it 2009 that uh, Michael Jackson died. Yes. Yeah. So if that's correct, I, I trust you. I, then I'm gonna say then that's when this story will take place. Um, yeah. Michael Jackson died, and I'm nine. I'm literally nine at the time. No, the same. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I like like think about all the stuff I've said now. I'm only listening to the Beatles. You know, Weird Al's always getting played. Um, you know, going on YouTube at the time. Right. But then Michael Jackson dies. And like my mom was a Michael Jackson super fan. And so when he died, I like, I was the first one to tell her and she like had a crazy reaction. Like she was like, oh my God, like as everyone was, you know, at the time, but I was young and I was just like, Michael Jackson, I know him from Weird Al's parody. (laughs) We didn't know too much. So we didn't know about anything. Yeah, exactly. You know, our parents grew up listening to it. Exactly. Yeah. Like my mom is like, saw, um, janet jackson in concert a bunch of times i think right right um and so she was a big fan of of the jacksons and but like i said like i literally only knew michael jackson from weird al's fat in parody of bad and so it didn't affect me that much however because the culture sort of shifted to michael jackson i was like well i have access to the whole internet now i'm sort of starting to grow up so I'll click a song or two. Right. It was I kind mean, of like your push. Yeah, into, exactly. You know, the world of Michael Jackson. Exactly. It was like, it was just like sort of a wake up call to be like, everyone's reacting this way. What's all the fuss about? Let's, let's explore this legend. 
Right. And so, I mean, I didn't think about it that sophisticated at the time, <laughs> but I was just like, I, okay, I want to listen to Michael Jackson is the right. extent of that thought. And dude, I just like fell in love just to no end. Like I became the 2009 version of like a Michael Jackson stan. I was yeah. so obsessed with Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like I, there was one point I remember where like my mom who grew up in the eighties loves Michael Jackson obsessed. I told her I'm a bigger Michael Jackson fan than you, which was a complete lie. I had listened to like one <laughs> wow. album and I, but I was like so proud of myself for like finding music that I was like, I know all the lyrics to man on the mirror. <laughs> Can you name <laughs> all the lyrics on that? And so I was just a little punk. Um, but like it showed how passionate I had become about it in, in right. a way um, because I hadn't found that passion uh, in a lot of stuff before. Like I said, like the Beatles were introduced to me. Film scores, honestly, was honestly through yeah. Evan. He bought those film scores, you know, maybe the YouTube stuff I could claim, but it wasn't really like sophisticated. Right. So you couldn't but really this was claim like, that. But Michael Jackson was your. Exactly. He was my like, guy, It was man. your discovery at that yes. point. Yes, exactly. And so like, I just got so into Michael Jackson uh, at age like 10 or 11. And I would always tell people at school and I would like quiz them about like, I was that kid. <laughs> I'd be like, do you listen to Michael Jackson? Honestly, um, I was kind of that kid too. Yeah. Well, then it, it, we'll connect on this then because it's about to get a whole lot worse in my pride <laughs> of music. It's going to get bad. The story will t- take a dark turn. I'm it's going to get bad. It's going to get dirty where that's when the heroin comes in. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh we're about to go off. so at age 10 is when i pull out my first needle and that's when i get high for the first time <laughs> and then from there on out you know my life was over all right i got these and are here we are and here we are now 12 years in recovery. On the path to recovery exactly you know it's just one time man but okay okay focusing back on anyway real things um i also this is so funny because from age like whatever it is like from the youtube era to like middle school the only two artists i ever listened to were michael jackson and then obviously i guess the beatles at times too and bon jovi <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so oh like, my god and i literally i was sitting here typing my notes and i go how how did i get into bon jovi i, I literally I know could this. not did you get i don't know i have oh no answer god. for you i have no answer for you and i'm sitting here thinking and i'm like I don't know. I remember buying uh, uh, Slippery When Wet, the album, in right. a Target when I was like 11. But that wasn't my first time. That was because I liked Bon Jovi. But yeah. I have no idea where the like inception no of that recollection was. Whatsoever. Nothing. I, I'm oh, going to have to think goodness. on that. Maybe on my follow-up episode in five years, we'll get there. In five years. Radiance What Returns. So <laughs> that's like the beginning <laughs> of my quote-unquote sophisticated music era. Bon Jovi and Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. And obviously there's like, I don't want to like lie and say that there weren't like little bands here and there. And like, like we yeah. got an, we got an iPod nano when that first was released. And of like, course. we would listen to some pop stuff at the time, just a few, some of the popular songs, uh, but like those, those aren't like core memories or anything.
that's just so funny to me though like I, to move on like just thinking about the that's bon jovi insane. i would listen to like his albums and i would like because we had a long commute from long beach to uh i went to school out in tustin california yeah. um so that that was like a decent 30 35 minute drive obviously that's not that long of a commute but mm-hmm. i would always have music time in the morning and I just for some reason i just remember like emo staring out of the window like listening to bon jovi being like yeah there's that song that's like, I'll die for you. I cry for you. I'll do oh anything. God, yes. I'll lie for you. That's obviously way off key. But like, I remember, <laughs> this is going to be so fun. I remember singing that in my head for my third grade crush. Not not to her, not to her for the record. Just, just in your mind. But in my head. Yeah. And I'm like, I'd die for you. I'd lie for you. I'd do anything. I'd cry for you. Oh. And I just remember, I was such an email, just like listening to that. So I guess Bon Jovi goes back for further than I thought because it was third grade when I was listening to that um so that was like the end of my sort of like the era that I like really remember about music right but then I'm going to sort of go a little bit more general um and and if you want to jump in with any questions like whenever go for it I don't want to you know talk too much I mean this is your story this is true this is brain slope musical story all right i'm gonna talk more then i'm gonna talk more then do it do it it. (laughs) so i'm gonna talk a little bit more about like family and like sort of my feelings toward music rather than specific uh artists or anything like that right so i was raised in a very religious home and so like censorship also played a very heavy part in my musical history like there were even weird al songs that i wasn't allowed to listen to like it was to that extent even though he's not he's not dirty really at all uh, but like anything close to it would be like you're skipping that song on the cd skip it you're done and so there was certainly a, a very heavy element of censorship and of moderating of the content in the media that i did consume so that also shaped, you know, like my uh, lack of resources to access music. And so I don't know how exactly like the butterfly effect of that really worked. Um, but it certainly didn't allow me to like, you know, get into punk or grunge or like, uh, you know, anything crazy at age nine or 10. It was really just like what I was pre-screened allowed to listen to. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, that's just sort of like an important piece of, uh, you know, my lore <laughs> going forward in this conversation. You got Braden lore. Yeah. Braden lore. Yeah. Write this down, make a wiki for me. <laughs> but yeah, like I was saying about like the getting the iPods, we were like very selective and like, especially the pop music um, that we were allowed to listen to. And in this weird way, like this censorship of this stuff created this like it created like a rejection of the material that we weren't allowed to listen to in my own head and like a hatred for it. Maybe not a hatred, but like a just like rejection. Yeah. Yeah. When it was like, presented to you. Exactly. And so it was hard to be, and it was almost like a coping mechanism for like my own jealousy of being like, if I, if any friends were, you know, watching a, an R rated movie or, or, you know, listening to explicit lyrics, it would be yeah. like, bro, like, you're going down the wrong path. Like right, I, right. I listen to the clean stuff, the good yeah. stuff. I don't you're, listen to pop music. You're like taking the high ground. Like Exactly. Like, and that's what know. I'm saying. This is another you're step in like my- You're like a little holier than thou at that exactly. point. Exactly. And the holier than thou, uh, you know, that's another step in my pretentious journey because we'll get there. <laughs> there's, a, there's a story arc here, I, I hope. And so I remember very specifically, like, like Lady Gaga was very popular around this time. 
it's it's actually funny how much she's transformed her image in pop culture now um, yeah. to being a sophisticated actress. And obviously she was always sophisticated when looking back on it, but the media and certainly didn't treat her that way. Yeah, she was exactly. just, you know, like a slut at the time. And obviously a lot of people adored Lady Gaga. Um, but like yeah. from my point of view, uh, the censored point of view, it was like, you know, like the distaste of pop music was starting to begin. And right, it was like, pop right. music is getting raunchy. We can't fill our ears with this garbage yeah. um, and stuff like that. Which is so funny because you're thinking about that then. Exactly. And now you think about it and then you look at pop music now. I know. I know. And it's like, like how, how, like it was, it was clean at that me? point. Yeah. yeah. It was, like, it was, that was uh, tame compared to it was tasteful. Um, exactly. Absolutely. But yeah, like we're not allowed to listen to much of any of that, but I do remember, which is so funny, like maybe 2012 rolls around yeah. and I, and I got my own iPod. Somehow we were like pre-approved <laughs> by the administration. <laughs> that was my parents to like, listen to a few Lady Gaga songs. Wow. Anyway, I think it was like Poker Face and Telephone. I believe it might have even only just been those two. Right. And dude, like I loved those two. And like I wouldn't like <laughs> fully admit it at the time, but I was like, I was like, yeah, I like a few Gaga songs. Sure, I'll give her credit a few in a few areas. Um, but like deep down, I, I adored it to my soul. Right. And that kind of gave me a taste of it. But for the sake of the story, like I didn't like pop music. I didn't, I wasn't allowed to listen to it. I wasn't really even really allowed to listen to much of the radio because it's like, oh, it's explicit. Oh, I can't be listening to that business. Um, and, and that's really going to inform this next chapter, which is uh, the best chapter of my entire history, which I'm so excited to dive into, um, which I titled in here, The Great Rebellion. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's every kid. I know or whatever, like they all have a musical rebellion at some point. However, the rebellion, you, you won't expect sort of what it was because it wasn't, uh, so was like, it like a, your usual rebellion, not your usual, you know, emo or, or, or punk or any of that type of rebellion. Yeah. It, it was like, and, and now if we, if we can take the context of like this hatred for pop music and this, like filling my head with this, like, you can only like really sophisticated and good music that's kind of mm -hmm. that's kind of how it was framed to me as a kid like if we think about the beatles like it started with the beatles and, and with a, a few side tangents into like youtube and weird al the rest of it was pretty like quote unquote sophisticated right um and so i had it in my head that like like i had to listen to good music yeah. <laughs> which is obviously not a bad thing in its entirety sure. um and it certainly is not a bad thing for this part i'm going to talk about because this is where it all began <laughs> this is where the, the glory began rylan <laughs> So I, I, I'm in middle school, right? And we're jumping yeah. ahead a few years now. Um, I would say seventh or eighth grade. I was at a very small Christian school and we had a very small group of kids. And mm -hmm. in like fifth, sixth, seventh, I was or like fifth and sixth. I was like, okay with them. But then right. come sixth and uh, come seventh and eighth grade, I start to feel really, really alienated from like this entire friend group. Uh, like all my besties had left the school. Um, I wasn't transferring or I wasn't uh, going into seventh and eighth and middle school uh, with anyone I really knew um, besides a few yeah. souls. And like, I hated them, dude. Like, I'm going to be real <laughs> honest here. If anyone who I know is listening to this, I love you now. But at the time <laughs> I was going through some stuff. So just give me some slack. And so like this elitism, <laughs> it was like primed for for being born. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it was so, like waiting. It was waiting. Wings. It was just, waiting oh. in the wings. However, like it's, it's, it's going to be a very nuanced way of talking about this stuff. Cause like, 
it brought the best musical portion of my life that ever exists. Um, but it was just born out of a, a little bit of elitism. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm overemphasizing it a little bit, I bet. A little bit, I guess. But yeah, it's time for some rock and roll, baby. It's time Hell, for some rock yes. and break and roll. So come seventh, like the middle of seventh grade, I'll say I'm, I'm alienated by my friends. I'm the, I'm the loner who kind of sits at the stairs uh, in school, like in the corner at yeah. lunch with like one or two friends. And my dad at the time, like he was like, just literally it was like super random. One day he was like, hey, have you ever heard of Pink Floyd? And that sentence changed my life, Ryland. It was like a, it was like oh, a gateway yeah. drug. It was like a gateway drug being presented to me. And like my dad was certainly all the time, much less strict than my mom was. And right. uh, so he was like, usually listen to Pink Floyd. And obviously Pink Floyd isn't literally is not, they're perfectly clean to be honest with you. Yeah, for, no, for most are. of it, yeah. uh, some, some stuff. And he's like, you know, I know you're looking for new music to listen to. Uh, like you should check out the dark side of the moon. And so I checked out the dark side of the moon. <laughs> And your life and my life changed. <laughs> your mind exploded. Mind exploded. And dude, I just like I I lost it, dude. I was just like, obviously, I listened to Michael Jackson, I listened to Bon Jovi and the Beatles, yeah. but there was something about like Pink Floyd to me. Uh, and I think I also kind of forgot to mention throughout all this, like Queen played a big role in all this mm-hmm. too. Um, course, before yeah. this, but now like Pink Floyd was the ultimate like bro here's your thing take it and run i was just so obsessed with pink floyd dude i did their entire discography as a like a 13 year old kid like once a week like i was so obsessed so obsessed and that was like the beginning of of that whole journey and so like yeah (laughs) that's like the first part of it i I mean i didn't mean to like first off what a great great group i know i know like yeah it's like your gateway drug into the world rock and roll like you know exactly and all that kind of stuff i could tell you baby oh my god but yeah like it it was uh like i said the beatles were sort of though i like would always say like yeah beatles are my favorite band Mm -hmm. they were sort of a background character because they had been playing on the radio since i was like before i was born Right, um, right. like, like literally being like from my whole childhood, they were always on my radio. Um, and so it was never my own. Once again, it was never yeah. like, I like the Beatles or I like it was, but then Pink Floyd, same, similar with Michael Jackson, but even to more of an extent, because I, I really started to engage in the actual music and the actual mm-hmm. discography and the, and like, this is going to be the most, like, this is going to be the most fun stuff to talk about yeah. Pink Floyd. Cause I'd love to just like swap Pink Floyd stories with you. Cause just oh like, they're everything to me, dude. Like yeah. so, so much. Like I can't even remember it all starting, but like, I just remember like just being in it. Like I just no, remember exactly. suddenly like, you being never in the middle of it. remember how it started. Exactly. Like it was around the same time for me too. It was like middle That's school. Awesome. Like I want to say it was like sixth, seventh grade. Sure. I was, you know, listening to uh, same Queen, Beatles. Like sure. Template, the, the, the super populars. Right. Like all the super popular stuff. And then out of nowhere i think floyd it, just baby. in my rotation pink floyd came in oh my I think god dude, one of the first so records i listened to uh-huh like one of the first albums i listened to was wish you were here really interesting yeah. that's a really interesting first because that's I mean, it's a I mean, five album song I, I, right i'd heard about six album, know, dark side of the moon and six animals songs. and all that kind of stuff and like uh uh-huh. all that 
but wish you were here was like next my, level dude yeah it was just so incredible for me yeah I remember yeah to, you know welcome to the machine and have a cigar for the first time and i like it just <laughs> opened my eyes it's almost more like sci-fi-ish uh, than it is psychedelia it, in welcome really to the machine is. like oh my god i was actually just listening to that album literally two days ago i was doing a hike and i was just blasting welcome to the machine and it's just so cerebral and it's like so there yeah. and it's just it's some of the best music ever put to record uh you can't deny it you can't you can't you do cannot. it you can't deny it sorry because you listen to it and it literally changes your life well life. that's like that's exactly that's exactly the point i was gonna make that it was like before music was just music um and i know i had mentioned some mm -hmm. stuff of like there were some spiritual elements to like the love album the love compilation album right um and some of the beatles stuff but never to this extent there was never a band that i could close my eyes and transport to another not only world but like, like another plane of existence another planet yeah and it's like yeah. The closest you could ever get to like spirituality and music, I think, um, is Pink Absolutely. Floyd's like like Shine On You Crazy Diamond, yeah, uh, part one through five, especially is just oh my god, it's so good, it's right. so good. You listen to it, I'll listen to it now, and it'll make me cry. Like, oh yeah, no, exactly, especially that song, like one of the most insane. Uh, anyways, like <laughs> going back to like the the, the childhood story because I guess I'm yeah, kind yeah. of also telling childhood story here as well. I'm in this, I start sort of rebelling against quote unquote, the man, the system <laughs> by listening to all this music because right. we, we were a very, a very religious school. And it's not that like something like the Beatles or Pink Floyd wouldn't be played. Once again, these bands are not really very explicit. Exactly. Um, but at least like, not to the extent that pop music at the time was. Exactly. Exactly. So that was kind of how I kind of got away with it at the time. Cause it was right. like, it's rock music. It's rock and roll, baby. I, like, no, it, it certainly didn't mean that anyone in my grade understood that, though. Mm -hmm. uh, like, maybe I made myself an outcast because I wanted to feel cool. That's certainly a part of it. But also, right. like, I really, really, really did like this music. Right. I um, think that's what I was kind of the same. Like, I would I had my friends and all that kind of stuff, too. Sure. But I would alienate myself sometimes. And yeah. I think that's what made me appreciate the music even more. Absolutely. Because then Cause it, it becomes just, like your... Yeah, because it was just me, myself, and I. Your escape. You know? Yeah. And that's what music is. And that's what, like, is so special to me. Like, I, I don't... Uh, most people don't often uh, listen to music together unless you're at a concert where you're spiritually, you know, experiencing it with other people. But, like, yeah, to exactly. me, music is, like, music is earbuds and music is headphones and that puts you into the space of only you in your own head. Right. And like, you learn so much. And, and that's the and, basis of this podcast too. Exactly. You know, everyone has their own musical journey. Yeah. And no matter, you know, how similar our tastes are or how uh -huh. different our tastes are, everyone's gone through that musical journey by themselves. Exactly. The and that's so special. And, and what I think is also very special about it is like, um, I, I kind of lost the thought, but like, just... Mm -hmm. Like the fact that it's your own journey. Oh yeah, the, the my point was going to be that like with almost every form of art, yeah, almost every form of art besides music, it's it's hard to like. How do I say this the best way? Like with music, every single person you ever known is exposed to music in some way growing up, and not everyone is exposed to every for other form of of art 
Um, and, and later on in your life, you know, you can get really into, you know, being a cinephile or any other form of visual art or something like that. Yeah. But those are not always there for me. They were there, but like, like for, for a lot of people, like music is where it starts. And so that's why that's I think thing. it makes a it lot so... of people don't have that opportunity. Yeah. Especially, but music, you know, but music is all the radio. Around. You can make music out of anything. I that's know why it's such an immense art exactly form. exactly and, and like I'm, I'm not like rating art forms here i'm just saying no, exactly. like exactly it's it's true that like music is perhaps the most universal art form to ever exist and you know brighton swope is not the first one to say that statement but i just think it, it's very relevant to what we're talking about right i started like quote unquote dating this girl in eighth grade not really though just like someone i really hung out with and, and liked yeah. um and she was like way more into classic rock than I was. And right. so there was like even another push to be like, okay, I got to conquer these, all these discographies, you know like, what I mean? I got to catch up. Exactly. It's like, I got to catch up. And, and, and she was a, a Beatles stand to the end of time. And then like mentioning her is a really, really good segue. Cause we'll get back to the other music soon, but we do have yeah. to mention that Braden Swope was in a band as the lead singer and bassist. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes I want to yes. get into your music. Yeah, we got to get into this. History, heritage. heritage. Yeah, that's yeah. a good word for it. Yeah, so before I get into like going back to like all the artists that I eventually explored, there is this kind of segue of like, we started a band and it was with the two people literally that I was talking about that I would hang out with and like seclude myself from at school. Yeah, it was just yeah. me and these two people. Uh, and also my brother, who, who was our lead guitarist, uh, Evan, and we just suddenly were like, it was, it was Kendall was the 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 girl, and then it was um, not Kendall that the, the people listening to this podcast know, obviously, <laughs> and then it was my my bestie Nate, and then it was uh, uh, my brother Evan, and then myself, and yeah. we started a little band called the Twenty Dollar Bills. Ooh, applause! Ooh. Yeah, so <laughs> that was a big part because that happened before the high school I went to, OSHA, and carried through a little bit through freshman year, actually. Um, but like that, like just fully solidified my holier than thou mindset because it's like <laughs> I have a band, bro. Like right, I have a you're band. Like, I have a band. Do you have a? Yeah, band? it's like, do you have a band? Do you? do you know? Can you even name five of their albums of the twenty dollar bills? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, but like certainly that mindset got to, but like not to say that I wasn't living it up and loving it. No, of course. Um, and like, so like we were all uh, very, very obsessed collectively with the Beatles and we would just sort of study their music and like try our best to do covers of the Beatles, which is almost impossible all the time. Right. Um, especially for their later stuff. <laughs> uh, that they, that they couldn't stuff. even, that they they specifically, you know, didn't, didn't play. Uh, play because they couldn't tour the music because it was so exactly. crazy. Um, so we tried to do stuff like that and tried and failed is the key phrase there. Um, but like, yeah, we were just like, so, so into like, that was just like, okay, you're a classic rock fan for the rest of your life. Cause you're in a band. And I was just doing the lead, uh, lead vocals at the time. Sometimes I would do keys. Yeah. Um, and we would just, we just started writing music and we would play like coffee. Like we would do these coffee house events at our youth group. Um, and there, there would be like talent shows basically. Mm -hmm. um, and like, we would play that. I remember like we did an acoustic version of, uh, of all star by smash mouth. One of the most legendary songs Amazing. to ever exist. Absolutely. And I just remember, like, I don't even know if I have that video. I'd love to find it. 
And I just remember like singing my heart out and I don't really have a good voice, but like, I was so passionate about it that I like made it happen. And so passion, exactly. Like it's all that matters. Um, And then eventually, like, I won't go too deep into that, but like eventually uh, Kendall, like (laughs) this is the dirtiest part I'll ever tell. Um, (laughs) But eventually like, we didn't think she was like vibing with the band typical uh, egos coming out as musicians you know as an eighth Just grader not on the same page Just yeah exactly differences that kind of stuff once again as an eighth grader as an eighth i was grader. having i was having a, a power trip creative moment as an eighth grader idiot little idiot um but like <laughs> we we were like hey uh, me and evan we were kind of like brayden you could probably like play bass and sing so she was buying a new base at the time and i was like i was like by any chance would you sell me your old base or anything like that i just i just want to learn it like i just want to learn it yeah yeah totally like totally and then i buy the base off of her i paid 75 bucks for it i still have the base and then we kicked her out of the band and i became the bassist and the singer so yeah oh my god (laughs) so it's like thanks for your base you know thanks for your face you're kind of out now yeah (laughs) it was bad though because then her like her and i stopped being a thing and it was like awkward and stuff so i was really in the the 70s scene of you know band breakups and stuff yeah that's a very rumors era thing to do i was gonna say like that made us like research more and stuff too and be like we relate to these breakup stories and stuff because we're like we've been through this uh <laughs> but like no all, all kidding aside i mean most of what i said was serious we record there's like two songs still on spotify uh now by the 20 dollar bills uh you know legendary songs that should have won a, every single award ever created every single grammy yeah every grammy I, an oscar sure just give sure, it to us why not yeah yeah just put it in any movie and it'll be fine. Just put it in. It's, it's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was where, I, like, and I haven't really mentioned it at the time, but like I was doing piano lessons mm-hmm. as like every kid does. Yeah. Um, they always pick up some instrument. Yeah. It's like, I was forced to do piano lessons. I never liked it. Um, yeah. But like, as a result, I really wanted to play guitar because my brother was really getting into guitar um, and I'm exploring this music at the time. And then I pick up the bass later on the timeline somewhere and right. bass is absolutely, maybe it's tied with drums for like my favorite instrument to ever explore. Like, yeah. Just because like once you start slap basing, it's just oh, like, it's, oh, it's, it's just so incredible. fun. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of, that's the same thing. Like with rhythm, rhythm yeah. instruments like bass and drums, like you really get to kind of put your anxieties and your your soul into it. Like, especially obviously with drums is like a right. way to get like, your. With stuff like a guitar or piano, it's very sophisticated you know, it's sophisticated it's delicate it's delicate that's a better word yeah like with bass and drums you can go you just ham, like you just go and rage and, out and yeah you can rage against the machine you can do whatever you want you can rage against the machine amen we'll get there we'll get there we will get um, there. so yeah so then we we have this band and then by the time that i auditioned for my high school which i auditioned for film because you know yeah. that's a whole other podcast um but yeah like i auditioned for and you'd think with all the facts that I've presented today that I would be auditioning for music, but I wasn't. I, I was literally, I was like, uh, I guess I'll audition for film. Uh, yeah. I, I was I was really into it at the time, but I just was didn't it know. Was it between the two? I would assume. It was not. It was not. That's the weirdest thing. Is like, Interesting. we had a band and it's actually funny because like I actually based my decision on going to high school 
on like this 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 girl who who I was like hanging out with at the time I was like and the guy who I was my bestie mm-hmm. um at, at this uh, elementary school or, or middle school and eventually like when I stopped talking to our bassist that we kicked out of the band I apologize for that for, for the record but like once that was over it was like I, I feel like I need to find something new uh, at the time because I was being like I wanted to stay at the other school because it was actually a K through 12 school kindergarten through oh, senior wow. year yeah, so it's a very yeah. small very you know homeschool close type to the school. community kind of thing yeah. yeah exactly so I was just like I only have these two people if I don't have them I have nothing um right. and then when I stopped talking to her I was like okay I need a new avenue so I auditioned just for OSHA start yeah exactly and I actually initially when I did get into OSHA because you have to audition for it I decided I wasn't going to go. And I told the people that I had met at like all the preview events that I wasn't going to go. Yeah. Um, but then something like when that all happened, when we, she was kicked out and stuff. And then it just clicked. And I was like, just like, I have to do something else. Like I have to yeah. find something like, this isn't perfectly working for me, even though I was loving the band practices and stuff. Right film, right. film was something in the background that was sort of creeping up is what I needed to do next. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Okay, so I get yep. into OSHA, mm-hmm. and I get in not for film. Sorry, yeah. not I, not for music, but not for film. For yes, and which is funny. Like I said, with all the context I provided here, it's like you're leading up to something where you start going into music. However, no, it was film. I, I made a, I made a that short was, film, audition film. Yeah, you're like going up this path. I know, and then it's and like no, nope. just quick left turn. I'm just leaving, I'm leaving out a few other stuff. So it's just not the whole picture. Just <laughs> yeah. the music stuff, just the music stuff. Right, right. I, I, I had, I, I did a podcast with like, I think it was actually literally just two episodes um, and it was called the Life Story Podcast. And so I kind of try to treat stuff like that. I really like going back in time and yeah. just going all the way to the beginning. How'd you get here? Where'd you start? Oh, I love that. So that's kind of where, uh, how I wanted to tackle the, the story. No, absolutely. So, so yeah, so I made a short film audition. I got into OSHA huge decision to leave my small sort of secluded Christian school and go into uh, what was to me a very large high school. And so, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go back. Cause I, I feel like we didn't fully encapsulate the, uh, the era of like the, the great rebellion as it were called. Yeah. Um, Cause I just want to talk about some more bands just to be self-indulgent. No, of course go for um, it, man. Indulge because obviously, this is, yeah, this is your time. Amen, brother. Uh, so yeah, I obviously like Pink Floyd, like I said, discography all the time. Right. And 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 using all the context that I provided here, like this, this story plays out pretty naturally. It's like I got to OSHA and I'm in film, right? Mm-hmm. And at first I, I really didn't feel like I fit in at all at the film kids. Yeah. Uh, because in this one, this part will make sense. I really felt like I was connected to music way more. And so my entire freshman year. I mean, like I liked film. It was fun. Like it was a good time yeah, yeah, at yeah. the time. But like, you're um, never going to forget about music, especially when it was exactly. such a big part of your life. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, so I was like, okay, now I'm in this film school. And to be honest, some of the first classes of that conservatory are not the most encouraging because they have to kind of build and break down your understanding of film right. um, and like really challenge you, really make you uncomfortable. Yes, yeah, theory. And it's like, it's like long hours for mm-hmm. anyone who doesn't know the high school we went to would go regular academic classes from eight to two. And then it would be three hours of whatever 
art form you chose and auditioned for. Um, so three hour long film days were just like not cutting it for me when I got there. Um, and so I just, that whole year, like just dove, like I had this guy in my geometry class, Uh shout out to Michael Isaacs. If for somehow he gets a hold of this (laughs) recording and he was like my music bro dude and like he was in guitar the he was in the the guitar portion of our high school or the right. conservatory the uh, the emphasis mm-hmm. uh, the major if you want to call it that right um and he was like my like the devil or maybe even the angel on my shoulder being <laughs> like bro your future is music what are you doing and so as a result him and i were like almost competing to like discover more music at the same time in a very fun way obviously Um, But like, I would always walk into school with, uh, walk into class with like my headphones on and it'd be like, what are you listening to? And I'd be like, what are you listening to? And then whenever we would match up, we'd like have a moment. You'd like have notes and compare. Exactly. We'd have notes and compare. And then it'd be like, I just did Led Zeppelin three. And then I'm like, oh shoot, I'm only on two. And then (laughs) it was like stuff like that. And so you would really be, we kind of pushed each other. He, he, I, I probably think this more so than he does really pushed each other to, uh, you know, discover as much classic rock because obviously kids in the guitar program are going to be very in tune with classic rock and with the, the yeah. bands that define anything heavily and guitar roll. based yeah exactly so that's when i specifically really dove into zeppelin um and and like i slowly like do like maybe maybe i don't know if we talk about it here or not but like the who were also a super influential are you what what do you mean not talk about it here yeah no i just don't know where to place it i don't know where to place it like do it yeah. i mean yeah okay so tommy also changed my life yeah uh this amazing another rock opera record um mm-hmm. that i listened to in ninth grade for the first time as i was switching schools and it was a pretty difficult transitionary period to switch to this right. high school right and so that was once again like a, a sort of a, a a respite or like a like a retreat for me to just go to my music at the end of my literally nine hour uh school day um it Mm -hmm. would be like okay i'm finally home the peace and quiet that i'm going to participate in is going to be listening to music and exploring discographies and stuff like that yeah and i remember for the longest time i would fall asleep to tommy and it would always be like an interesting thing to be like what track could i get to before i fell asleep (laughs) Uh, and i and sometimes i would make it pretty deep in but like it was so calming to me that i would always be out so quickly yeah. So super. And I genuinely haven't revisited Tommy in like the last maybe year or so. So I yeah. really want to do that. So which, I didn't want to ask what track then did you feel yourself starting to fade? It would always, it would always be different though. Like that's always really? what I feel. That's what was the fun part would be like, sometimes I would only get to like the third track. And then sometimes I'm like, it's been a hard day. I'm listening to all of Tommy <laughs> and I'm going to yeah. feel better. Right. So like if I pull up Tommy real quick, I can tell you, like I said, I haven't clicked that album for a while, but I know, I know I would always really feel at peace listening to the overture of that album. Oh, just yeah. like, just, I was like, there's an overture on a rock album. That's so cool. Right. Um, but I would always get to like the acid queen or like, maybe I would make it to pinball wizard on a, of on course. a good day but yeah. then i would like i would like never get to the second half because it was like i'd always be asleep but i love right. tommy tommy was a big tommy is huge huge incredible. one of my big favorites yeah no it really is there was a lot yeah, of stuff absolutely. that i was exploring and actually funnily enough as a as a reference point ethan and i as i was first time going through the who mm-hmm. ethan uh once again my best bro my film guy 
your your bestie we share him we share him as a bestie yeah one of our his and i him and i's first bonding moments was like i showed him baba o'reilly and maybe i didn't show it to him maybe he knew it i don't know but we listened to it at the same time and we were like throwing out and being like yeah Yeah. let's go um that was a pretty fun moment Um, but like once again like i'm only communicating to people through music at this time so much so that like I'm still continuing the band and then eventually the school year continues and I'm just like the only friends I've really made are like the music kids like the guitar kids <laughs> and like to be perfectly honest like I didn't really fit in with them like personality wise but like I just we just had so much to talk about so it was just like it was really fun but but I slowly started to drift away from film uh like really I really did like there was also some times where I was encouraged and I would watch films and I'd study films when I could, but at the end of the day, like I said, literally at the end of the day, I was, I was retreating to music. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was learning guitar at the time, finally. And like, I had a keyboard in my room, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so I was like, I'm going to audition for the, I'm going to play bass in their bass program. I'm not, or I guess it was a part of their guitar program, I think. Right. Right. Um, but I was like, I'm, I'm done with this film stuff. I really am going to audition for bass. And like, I thought that was my next chapter. And what turned that around? Cause I know, cause I mean, it's a few things, everyone knowing your life story mm-hmm. and you know what you said in the intro, you mm-hmm. are a filmmaker now. Yeah, I know. It's so, so like funny. what it's like turned so... it around. I want to know like yeah. what that deciding factor was. Absolutely. We could definitely explore that. So like, I think the biggest thing was like what I mentioned before was that I, as, as time went on in my freshman year, though I like was so obsessed with music and I was like, okay, I'm going to prep, uh, I'm going to prep like my audition packet for yeah. this music uh, program of my high school. I really did not vibe with the kids. Like I didn't, like it was, it was sort of alienating. Uh, I was much more like sort of eclectic and weird. They're all, all very serious, very gruff, very, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know how, you know, rock and rollers are. No, um, it's yeah. a very, it's a very specific type of personality. And to be honest with you, like I, I ended up just not fitting in with that. And I, there would be a lot of times where I would like leave the, our film and television kids, the, the people who are, you know, now my lifelong friends. Right. Um, and I would just go hang out with the guitar kids and I just wouldn't have a good time, even though like during even though class, you were, with my... like you had something in common. Exactly. Like it you wasn't enough. Did, the vibe wasn't like yeah. completely. There. Exactly. Yeah. And then the most ultimate understanding of this change is our band broke up. That was a pretty big thing. Cause like the people in, in film and television, the program, we call it FTV, uh, they were like, they knew about my music. They knew about the band. It was kind of yeah. like a class meme type of thing. And then we broke up. It, it, I, it's so funny to say that I broke up a band at like that age. It's still so <laughs> funny to me. But yeah, like we we were like, what happened was like our drummer, he was lending us his drums, but they weren't even his drums. Oh, and so wow. eventually the person whose drums that they were was yeah. like, I need my drums back. And he didn't know what to do. So he get he, he had to take them back because he he was stationing them at our house where we would yeah, practice. Yeah. Right. Um. And so we lost our drums. And obviously, you know, sensible thing is buy a new drum set. Yeah. So we like put money together to buy a new drum set, <clears throat> and we go to uh, Guitar Center uh, locally. And it's so funny because this is such like a like a, what's the word like an insignificant event, but it changed yeah. everything. And, and we got there, and like our drummer guy, he was gonna like cover most of it uh cover because mm-hmm. we were going to get a pretty nice drum set because we were like so excited right, uh, right. like his dad was going to cover most of it for us yeah and then we go up and we pick our drum set we tell the guy and then the guy gets a text uh from his dad being like 
you can't use this money anymore. Well, like you're not gonna, you're not allowed to use it on drums or I, I don't actually ever think I ever learned the true reason why it could have been yeah. super insignificant. It could have been like for any reason, right. but for some reason, because it happened that day, we went home without a drum set Yeah, and we never practiced again. Wow. So, so that was sad. the death No, That was the death. Yeah. Maybe we had tried to do like some acoustic practice after, I can't remember, but it was already after a period. Cause I had been going to the new high school where like we were right. kind of very on and off for practice. Yeah. It was like becoming um, strained. Kind it of was becoming a strain. Exactly. And then we didn't then have a drum set. Once that happened. That yeah. Was that's what I was going to say. That's a really good point you bring up that it was kind of like the, there was a bunch of stuff happening with it. And then when that yeah. happened, it was like, well, we've really tried to push for this band. Sorry. So that broke up. And then it was like, obviously I'm still in love with so many artists that really inspired me to play music and to continue to learn bass, but we didn't have a band to back it up. Right. Um. So like, there wasn't that like, because like in my head i'm like i'm gonna join this music conservatory i'm gonna keep my band going i'm gonna yeah. blah 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 but that, and there was once that falls through it's like again a butterfly exactly. effect butterfly everything effect else big falls time through. yeah exactly and like i tried joining some other bands at school because obviously there's tons of musicians mm-hmm. uh, i played bass for somebody for like one show um and then i play i think i did one more bass show and then i did drums for someone later on in sophomore yeah, year yeah. but like it was just me kind of like hanging on quote unquote to my glory days it's like you were a hard if it were at that point. exactly it was like this is not the same yeah um and so like my love for music did not die at all but my love for playing music and for pursuing music did have a little bit of a shakeup at that time and even throughout like the end of all i'll expedite this story a little bit like once we get to the end of like sophomore year, like I'm doing these bands and, and stuff and I'm still really exploring music. But then for one, we made like a, a short film at the time. It was like an 80s style parody. It's, a, it's like our legendary, like first time making a film that we were like, oh, like this is super fun. We could really like make something out of this. Right. That happened. And that was like really close to the time that the band broke up. And it was also like, because those things happened at the same time it was kind of like okay i guess this is my next step and then like from then on out i focus in on film for the rest of my existence up until i mean that was only like and was that seven years ago yeah and for the future exactly um so that is the end of like the story of like my uh relationship to music as it as it applies to like my want for it to be a career right um but before we like wrap up and get to like modern day, there's mm-hmm. like a few things I wanted to mention as far yeah, as, uh, tidbits. yeah, a few little tidbits that like push me further um, because we do have to wrap up this like snot nosed little kids uh, arc here who, who thought he was better than everyone else because he liked Pink Floyd's experimental, you know, screeching sounds. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it, when junior year hit, um, I was like out of practice being in a band. I was like, exploring a lot of music still like you know we can maybe we can go at, at the end we can just do a back and forth of like artists or something oh my god of course. um just so i can stay focused on sort of the narrative here and so at this time like I, i'm i'm experiencing a lot of new things i'm really growing up and then the censorship story kind of comes back um because going into junior year like you're turning i think that's when you turn like maybe 16 or 17 i'm not sure the exact About, age yeah. for everyone Um, You're starting to kind of become a young adult at the time and there's less restrictions being put on you uh, or or maybe you're just finding more ways to get around them if they are there, you know what I mean? Right, right. 
So my brother, Evan, he, and actually it might've been my friend, Josh, but uh, he, I was recommended to pimp a butterfly um, by Kendrick Lamar. Yes. Yes. So another thing was that going along with what I said earlier about being like averse to pop music, Mm -hmm. even more so I was averse to hip hop because it was like, that's the nastiest, that's the dirtiest, that's the most inappropriate, you know, version of music that there is. Especially in your sensor. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, obviously this is from my, you know, bubble. Um, so when I, I was like, I'm not listening to hip hop, never, you'll never catch me listening to that. And then to pimp a butterfly comes along. and then, and, th- and then to pimp a butterfly comes along and I listened to it. it. It wasn't like a moment of like, oh my gosh, I've been wasting time listening to the wrong music. It was more so just like, oh my God, oh my God there's, there's so, so much, much more. more. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly <laughs> what you just said. Same yeah, exact yeah. sentence. It just like, once again, another one of those like mind blowing mind opening moments of like oh my god like there's so many genres that like mean so much to people and there's reasons why they mean so much to people yeah absolutely and yeah and like even to pimp a butterfly almost plays like some sort of rock opera type story um that i loved so i really connected with that and so i started to explore like eminem too uh much to the dismay of my mother um (laughs) (laughs) sorry mom love you um and like i explored gambino a bunch at the time like so much and i never like fully dove into hip-hop like i still haven't but like it was just stood as like this like very very like just a very important bit in my music history because it was kind of like hey you know I know you like your genres and you think it's the only good music ever. But then when you listen to something like To Pimp a Butterfly, you're like, oh, shit, I I was so here's something way else, way else. Um, And I was like, okay, I was very wrong uh, when it came to a lot (laughs) of this. And like I said, I just started exploring. No, of course. And it was not so so much that I like I just said, like I wasn't like obsessed and I wasn't going through, you know, like uh, like NWA or like like 90s rapper, like anything like that. I never explored any of that really, mm-hmm. but it just it just gave me it was another gateway drug to being like there's more out there. Right. Um and right. so it was like hip hop was just more of a gateway drug to exploring exploring exactly like exploring more music more genres and stuff in general exactly and i guess the next place i'll take it is like the collapse of my ego is the era i'll call it (laughs) just finally it took long enough i love that title yeah the collapse of my ego um so and it was because of hip hop entirely. Um, and I had always had the like love for Weird Al as we talked about. And of course, yeah. Stuff like that, um, where I was like, the only things I really love are like from my childhood mm-hmm. or it's everything I've explored in these last four years or whatever. Right. Um, but then hip hop comes and it's like, this is unlike anything I've ever heard. Uh, it's next level, it's spiritual, it's poetry, it's everything, right. blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, well, what else could I hear? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was like, so, it, of course, like I said, it just opened up your ears. Yeah. For it was general exploration. It was literally just like a wake up of like, hey, dude, like <laughs> there's so much good music out there. All you have to do is go yeah. find it. And, and, I, and I didn't think that specifically at the time. It was more of like a subconscious because like also at the time, 
like one of my biggest, you know, music sins is I never got into David Bowie until he died. But like, even at the time I was getting into hip hop, like I remember I was like really into Bowie going through his discography and, yeah, yeah. And, and 2016, 17, I don't want to say 16. That's, that's right. 16, yeah. And like, I just like my love for classic rock or, or, or whatever you classify, you know, Bowie as mm-hmm. is like all the way back. But then I'm also exploring, you know, Kendrick and, and, and stuff like that. So you have like two spectrums though. Yeah, They're exactly. Like and so I'm like, wildly I'm still, different eras. exactly. They were wildly different. And like, I was charging forward on both of them. Yeah. Um, and let's see what I had written here. Like also this actually another thing I mentioned, I also got really into like musical theater a little bit um, oh, because wow. of course I was, you know, right as when I got into hip hop was similar to the time when Hamilton came out, uh, you know, oh, like was so rising I, prominence. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so I got my cringy Hamilton phase going, but I will defend Hamilton till my grave. Yeah. Uh, and so I was really into that. And I also in my childhood, I was like really obsessed with Les Miserables and, mm-hmm. Um, a lot of different musicals we would go see. So that's all, also another part that's sort of always been kind of in the background is like, I've yeah. loved musical theater and stuff. I've never been like done like a deep dive on anything, but I've right. certainly listened to But like, to. it's definitely been something that, yeah, that I love. Around. And like, it really, I, like th- this actually catches me up to like nowadays in my notes. And like, just as like a story ender, I just want to say like, I, I came from this mindset of like, I was born in the wrong generation. I wish I could have seen Pink Floyd live yes. in concert. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And I, I was like shit, that. Yes. But, and there's a large but here, honestly, I felt like I kind of had to get over that in a way to like really open myself up to like the musical landscape that is today, because it really instills like a very pretentious, uh, egotistical kind of mindset being like, Cause there's so many people out there who think that like music is ruined forever and we're never going to have anything like the classic rock era back again. We're never going to have another Dylan. We're never gonna, there's so many people who think that way. And so did I for the longest time, especially as I was rebelling against the stuff I went through at school and like right, going right. to my new school and wanting to have this band, et cetera, et cetera. And I would, mm-hmm. I would heavily judge people for what they listened to because I had that in me. Cause I was just like, Oh, you listen to this modern crap. And like, it's just such a boomer take. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and I really like, because I, I, I broke into, I didn't break into the hip hop scene, but I listened to some hip hop and I, and I got right. acclimated with it that I was like, you know, there is some really, really damn good music out there now yeah, and the absolutely. majority of music that is popular it's not half bad and so i started at that time then i like i graduate high school i'm all into film and then like i start exploring like a lot of a little bit more hip-hop like i got really into Nicki minaj almost wow. total barb which is super controversial right now because oh Nicki's in a little bit of heat right now yeah yeah um and just as time went on i just started exploring like the big names of pop and obviously nowadays you know hip-hop is the new pop or at least it has very heavy elements in a lot of pop music now absolutely you know i got into a lot of stuff like any popular artist you can name now that isn't like perhaps like a hip-hop artist i totally love a song or two of them or like you know no i'm just saying like no no i i'm saying the opposite like i i got into them i like I totally just like explored and and I guess maybe what you're saying is right. Like I I don't fully do a deep dive as I did with like the discography of legendary bands who, whose discography will never change. 
and, mm-hmm. and you get to explore that and like kind of feel like you're a historian in that way. Yeah. And, but now music is alive and there's albums consistently coming out and you have a lot to keep up with. And to be honest, like I can't sit here and say like I am a music connoisseur anymore because I have been fully engaged in exploring cinema and exploring film for the years of that. But like throughout that, like I've been able to be like, hell yeah, I love Billie Eilish. Like I love Lizzo and Doja Cat and like yeah, yeah. All, all these artists that are like sort of in the the, the conversation right now. I think when time passes, we will see them as as legendary as some of the the pop artists of the old days. Oh, absolutely. Especially for what they're doing. Exactly. Not only musically, Mm -hmm. but what they're doing in society as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, I mean, even like Lil Nas X, like Lil Nas or whatever it is. Like, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of like, and now like I have my title for this one is like a grab bag of everything. Or like, yeah. I kind of, I kind of have my toes dipped or my, whatever the mm-hmm. phrase is into like a little portion of a lot of things. Like, so yeah. you are, I think you are right. And you're saying that, you know, a few songs from like almost all the Everyone. artists, nowadays. but you know, exactly. so many more artists than exactly. Would. And, and you get a better picture of what music is like, and you, mm-hmm. you don't, you, you don't have to, and, and the artists that you find that you do love, you can explore, you know, like no, I got really, course, into, yeah. I got really into Nikki for a while right. there. But like, I I don't know, I've just been like really sort of appreciative that I was able to be like, drop the ego, everything you could find so much good because it's like, it's better to enjoy things than it is to hate things. Let's all be honest here. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So like, there's so many critics of what, where music is now. And I'm just like, and four years ago, I would have been like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But now I'm kind of like, dude, I'm living it. I'm loving it. And I will, right. I'm so ready for whatever, you know, comes next for music. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm kind of at now. So what a journey, man, from the, from the Beatles McDonald's parking lot to literally exploring every artist under the sun and yeah. really just appreciating every genre and giving credence to like the personal nature that music is to people absolutely Uh, like that plays more of a factor than like objectively good rock music or whatever which i will still defend to the end of my life don't you get me wrong (laughs) no of course absolutely (laughs) like that is the one thing i will take to my grave exactly exactly i mean i mean all of it's not objective that's the yeah beauty exactly of it, and i think i really was able to learn that beauty in different things exactly and that's like almost uh, was influenced by my explorations into like telling stories and film and stuff because it's like everyone has a special story something very unique and because music is such a personal thing Mm -hmm. now I just love exploring it all so like my ears are open I'm ready for whatever comes my way I'm I'm never really like able to fully dive into every artist but like I'm just loving the I'm loving the journey where I can listen but the fact that you can't yeah dive into every artist is that's what true. makes it that's super cool too because like, there's point. so much to go through that's true very good point but yeah and then then sometimes you do find artists these days where you're like oh my gosh i'm exploring these like i used to explore the old music and you kind of get the buzz back it's great I, I, yeah I so that's it. where i'm at currently it's just like yeah anything i can explore that like makes my ears feel like i felt when i was listening to hip-hop for the first time Mm -hmm. not in the exact same way but in that like oh my gosh this is new this is this is something my ears have never been it's fresh it's fresh exactly
So we heard your story. Yes, you did. You heard a long story. Very extensive. I love Very it. It was freaking I'm so wonderful. Sorry. I take um, back no, my that's sins. oh my god. Do not apologize. That was good. Good. Incredible. It was fun. So much fun. I will yeah, say. Super fun. But now it is time for a little, you know, speed up, little five hundred step. Sure. Yeah. We're let's gonna do go it. through the emotional roller coaster. Emotional roller coaster. You got eleven questions. You got eleven. I only wrote nine answers. down, but I'm ready. <laughs> you can you can think of two like now two i'm gonna be now i'm gonna pod. panic yeah exactly uh uh i scripted everything in this whole podcast uh, uh, i can't b. come up with anything on my own uh b, b. 12 yeah. 6 12 4 4 yeah. 4 yeah, yeah yeah anyway all right let's do it all right so we'll start off with number one yes. your favorite current artist i was going through this and i have them all written down here yeah and, and the answer i put for this one is i just i i know you split it into current and past uh-huh. Um, and if I was to give an answer to both of them, it yeah. would probably be Kendrick Lamar and Pink Floyd. But sadly, yeah. sadly, I will <laughs> I, I I refuse to uh formally answer the question because I am I am very personally of averse of to course. favorites. I think it's a dangerous no, game. Yeah. It and is. so but those that's, are like I mean, the, that's it, why I do it though, because it is I know <laughs> it is, and it's just like I can't commit to yeah. that answer. I'm sorry. I'm going to be the right. centrist in the situation. And to the first two questions, if I was to answer them, those yeah. that's what it would be. But <laughs> okay. okay, I'm sorry. So if you were going to answer it, it would be. Uh, yeah, just as far as influential. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. All right. I'm going to skip to number three then. So yeah. Both <laughs> of those. Um, the last concert that you've been to and your favorite concert that you've been to. So I actually like could not remember what my last one was to be perfectly honest with you throughout the whole time we talked, I talked so much about lots of music, <laughs> uh, but live music is not something that I've genuinely participated in that much. Like, okay. I've gone to weird Al concerts, as I mentioned. Yeah, um, yeah. But other than that, like I really, I've seen nobody. So I, I, I sadly can't give you the answer because I don't remember it. So, but, I mean, uh, at least I'm from what we think. talked about. Oh, it was, it was probably, probably the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, yeah, it was probably Weird Al Hollywood That's Bowl 2016. Okay. Maybe it's 2017. Right, I don't right. think there might have been one thing after. I'm not sure. But that would be. Yeah, I would like, I just, both, just, I think. Follow, yeah. Yeah. May, well, no. So it was the other one was favorite, right? Yeah, yeah. So I actually did. And I don't know if I did one. I actually think I did do one after the Hollywood Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this amazing Pink Floyd cover band called Which One's Pink? And obviously cover bands have sort of a stigma um, of being a little silly, a little cheesy. Like there's like the Beatles one that like they put on the costumes and they act all, you know, British. Um, (laughs) But like the Pink Floyd one is like, they're really, really dedicated to nothing but the sound. They don't do any theatrics really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they do like laser, a little bit of like lasers and and right. smoke and like basic but it's all concert things. Sonic but it's about right. about recreating as absolutely close as possible to Roger Waters and David Gilmore's voices and yeah. their musical performances. And I haven't seen them in in recent years. To be to be fair, I think the last one was 2018. So I do think it was my last one. Okay. Um, but like they even do like the entirety of Shine on You Crazy Diamond, and they That's do like amazing. They did. They were actually doing at the OC Fair. The Orange. You did the OC Fair when you came down here, didn't you? I did. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So they yeah. do the, or at least they did. They did the entirety of the wall, start to finish. 
And so I got no, to see a oh live performance of a very sonically accurate Pink Floyd's The Wall with yeah. like theatrics and like props and like that was amazing. Like so that would that could be one of my favorites. And they 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 did it at a huge stadium outside and like that was just so oh my god absolutely mind blowing. And and then they do like compilation concerts and stuff. Yeah. They're really cool. I, I would recommend you know looking into them. Check They're them awesome. Out. Yeah, absolutely. So cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I mean, the wall is just such an iconic I know. album. Like, well, I also saw to accurately um, reproduce. I know. I know. I also saw like students at Chapman University. They did a recreation of the wall, but they were also doing a recreation of it was sort of like the stage performance of the wall. Okay. Um, yeah. it was like the movie, it was like sort of the visuals of the movie. Right. right um right but it was with all the music and they recreated it as well. Obviously not to the standard of the cover band, but it was still really cool. And it was like a really visceral experience to see it played out in front of me. Like I've seen so many iterations of the wall at this point. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh I my know. goodness. So cool. So rad. Yeah. All right. Number yeah. four then. One no. artist you could bring back from death. Who would it be? So I was sitting on this one and I was like, I could not bring myself to say anything else but John Lennon. I, I just... I don't think there is anything more like I, I was talking to my brother about this today as well. And I was like, what would music look like now if John Lennon was an active participant? What, what would society look like if John Lennon was an active participant? Yeah, and so yeah. like, I'm not going to say like, uh, like as an answer, like it's not that I want to bring the Beatles back, but like bringing John Lennon back, you know, yeah. maybe we see, so, like imagine him in the 80s and 90s and 2000s and 2010s like that's yeah. possible like Paul McCartney's yeah. just chilling on this earth with us as we speak right like that's I, what I was gonna say imagine like look at what yeah. Paul McCartney's done exactly like look at his what career John Lennon could have done yeah and I mean obviously he had a solo career to an yeah, extent yeah. but like imagine like that like, you know he would have been an active participant and an active like someone we would look at in society forever oh, for another 40 years and i just yeah. the thought of that like butterfly effect if that one singular day did not happen to this man mm-hmm. like where would we be that musically one encounter did not happen. one encounter oh, exactly yeah. it's like one thing and and then like an icon. Like I, I was also talking about this of how like John Lennon still feels very much like a historical figure in a way. Oh, and then absolutely. like, and like Paul McCartney's just like a guy you could like, you know, text if you wanted to. Right. Like Paul McCartney's like ultimate friend. Yeah. Like of. no, no but I, my point is like, like, like Paul McCartney yeah. is like alive. He he could participate in the technology that we participate in. Yeah. He yeah. could be in modern interviews. And uh, he has. Yeah, and he like, didn't he just drop a freaking album like last year? Yeah, yeah, last like that's insane. Like, imagine I know John Lennon was older than him, so mm-hmm. I think Paul McCartney's yeah, eighty now. That, so yeah, I mean not that much older too. That's yeah, maybe he wasn't. I, I wasn't sure on the age gap, right. but I I think that's definitely the answer I would stand by. Is just mm-hmm. like like I wanted to say John Bonham or Keith Moon or something like that. Yeah, but I I just think as like a cultural icon or a cultural uh, you know. Mm-hmm. I just what 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 would have happened what what where would we be now uh, as a as a society even if mr lennon lived to see 2021 right exactly yeah so there's my uh, answer that's Boom. very thought-provoking yeah it's crazy to think about Holy it starts, shit, yeah. starts getting a little uh spiritual all right yeah we're gonna move on then to number five all right, cool. your number, number five. one song on your road trip playlist sure so i, I kind of treated this like a desert islands type question 
pretty in much, a way. It kind of is. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. And like, uh, you can't go wrong with Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm sorry, but like, if I had if I had to have something that was like the song to get everyone singing that no, you know for Bohemian a fact, Rhapsody. yeah, like oh, yeah. you know for a fact that everyone in the car, no matter who it is, knows the lyrics to that song, yeah. and we'll uh, sing it, and yeah. we'll sing it, and you'll have a fun time. Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, case in point, that scene in Wayne's point. World. Which is <laughs> yeah, insane. I know. Like, which is which just they iconic. made fun of. Or they made like a subtle reference to in the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. So yeah, there's my answer for that one, baby. That is beautiful. See on All the right. answer. <laughs> right, number six. Yes, sir. Least preferred genre or style of music. I think you could probably gather from sort of the whole story arc is like I will not answer that question either. You, I, I am I'm ready for anything. Whole new, yeah, like just a whole exactly. Uh, if it was, if I was to answer of like, maybe like the genre that I listen to the least, it would definitely yeah. be punk rock. I never okay. got into that scene. I mean, I, that, I, I, like that could act as this, like, sure, know, sure. Right. Of sorts. Yeah, that's of course, true. It's not, it's not your least favorite by far. Yeah. But it's, just, but it's like what I haven't explored. Seek out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Exactly. All right. Love that. Moving yes, on to number sir. seven then. A song that can make you cry instantly or just, you know, completely hit you in the feels. Yeah, for sure. So uh, as this cat crawls onto my desk again, what do you want up here, cat? Um, <laughs> it's definitely Penny Lane off of uh, Magical Mystery Tour because yeah. it is the song that me and my girlfriend listened to when we first kissed and it was oh. our first song. I know, such romantic. Oh, my heart. Such a sweetheart, I know. Um, but no, like I sometimes I literally I'm like, can you please skip the song or or I'm gonna start crying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I I literally like it's so funny because of that. I've actually listened to that song so little uh yeah. because it's so emotional and I have to be in the right headspace to like listen to, like, to, listen it. to it. Yeah. So yeah. now I like haven't heard it in like a year. Oh my gosh. It's, it's like insane. the most important song to me. So right, funny. right. So cute. Love that. And then on the love that side. for me. On the flip a side. song that you can't stop dancing to or just something that gets you really pumped up energetic sure sure yeah so uh it's gonna have to be come on eileen by the dix dexie what is it dexie's midnight runners, runners i believe yeah. oh um, my gosh one yes. hit wonder extraordinaires but what like the most the, the greatest one hit wonder perhaps to ever mm -hmm. uh exist because like yeah that song was at like every school dance and like every oh event it, i ever really attended was. And it's like every time I hear it, I'm like, it's this super is everything. uppity and it's stuff, so too. It's just so great. It's it's definitely the it was like my quote unquote favorite song for a long time. I was like, let's wow. just play Come on Eileen. I'm gonna have a good time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's my answer for that one for sure. Beautiful. All right, sir, moving on to number nine. nine, which is something you do know a lot about. What is your favorite movie soundtrack and your favorite movie score? And I'm assuming you know the difference. I don't know the difference. Really? Uh, is score oh, like, is like score. I'm uh, thinking, you know, just stuff that acts in the background of a movie. Um, soundtrack. I'm thinking like in original musical, soundtrack. Yeah, right, like, right. Okay, you know, so where I you have like yeah, songs yeah, yeah. and like that kind of stuff. Got you. Okay, so so the this the score would be. I didn't. Is that the the correct way of differentiating them? I'm, I mean, now I'm so I have, confused. You're you're I, probably 100 right. I just don't. No, know. I have no idea either. I just thought about. it. I was like, I heard it somewhere, and I was like, I mean, I'll something. Keep it. Yeah, I it, trust it Rylan Martin right. more than Braden Swope on musical things. Um, but I if mean, we're talking original music for a movie, 
yeah. um, from a composer. Uh, it's going to have to be the Incredibles soundtrack by Michael Giacchino. Oh, it is like gosh. the most legendary soundtrack to ever exist. You can't deny that it's, one it's either. It is it's truly just jazz and it's so driving and just yeah. so different from all the Pixar stuff that, you know, was and is. And yeah, like yeah. the Incredibles 2 soundtrack was also a great tribute to it as well. I, I think he, the same guy did it. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, or it could be something by, have you heard of the composer Emil Mosery? I, I don't know if that's exactly how you pronounce his name. Mosery. Um, he's done the score for The Last Black Man in San Francisco. He did the score for Minari, okay. uh, which came out last year. He also did yeah. the score for um, this uh, indie movie called Kajillionaire that I really, really liked. It's like some of the most emotionally impactful original soundtrack stuff that I've ever yeah, ever yeah. you know sat down to listen to and noticed while watching a film oh, so beautiful. those three you should check out those soundtracks they're yeah i will I emotionally will. mind-blowing for sure i want to check out those soundtracks and movies that are tied yes to sir yeah so and then as far as uh a like, movie with the best scoundrels, you know like soundtracks and like basically songs i mean like, like school of, of rock songs. is is absolutely up there uh, yeah because there's so yeah. many like transitional songs that get you from scene to scene mm-hmm. like i'm thinking of like when he's pulling all the musical equipment into like the kids schoolroom and it's yeah. boom 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 and it's like it's, it's so driving and so great yeah um i i have an answer for this that i'm just not remembering mm-hmm. so uh podcast guests will just have to follow up with me personally to find out my answer to the secret question yes. no i i there's find something the that's like answer. in my head and i like can't figure out what it is like it's it's so, it can't. is uh, also like uh breaking bad has a really really good like a really really good music super Supervisor that picks really like creatively and uniquely indie uh, songs that really set tones and like very kind of edgy grungy type of vibes that I really like. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. another answer there. Um, but I really got to think about this one because it was such a it's a, such a good example. And I can't. Oh my god! Of course, yeah. What a way to go out. You can. Give or them, do you have more questions? I have a couple more, but you can gotcha. give them. You know. No, give them to me. I just. Yeah. I, you can like. You can just like you know. Yeah, well, um, maybe we'll circle around to it if we're lucky. Yeah, if you're lucky. I mean, <laughs> you you just gave them a little bit more insight into who exactly. you are, and just like exactly. you're you're leaving them wanting more. Exactly, and that's what I try to do. I try to keep myself mysterious and wanted, so that people seek me out and love me more, because that's all I truly want. You know, is the attention of others. Well, I love you all the same. So. <laughs> that's true. You know, I take it back. <laughs> Ryland's really the only person I need. As long as I have and your you love, we're me. fine. And I got right. it, so I'm set. <laughs> All right, moving on to number 10, your favorite <gasps> era of music. So like, I mean, it's kind of a decade, like a five year. Yeah, it's the 70s. It's the 70s. It I mean, it's, of course, it's the 70s. I mean, well, 60s, you can make an argument. About, I'll be surprised. Yeah, I know. Like, you can make an argument for the 60s, but like, because so much of the Beatles discography is in the 60s, right. but it wasn't like their peak, or maybe you can consider their peak. I mean, um, technically, yeah, I guess. Wait, no, that's actually a completely wrong statement because didn't Let It Be, it was 70, right? Let It Be was their final. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it was 70. So and that's when they broke up and everything. So you that's what I was saying. Like you, That might be the reason why you could argue for the 60s is like everything. It's all the Beatles. It's so all, it's literally all the Beatles. I that's- can't believe I, I mixed that up because I've been listening to Pink Floyd, which I which I didn't realize was actually like a decent like eight years shifted up. Like their, their peak yeah, yeah, was yeah. in like because the wall was 1979 or yeah i think it was 1990 um, i think it was 79 so like 79 yeah yeah yeah. pink floyd had a um, what was it wish you were here came out in 75 correct yes came out in 73 
Yeah, so that's that's probably why I got confused. So Pink yeah, Floyd yeah. has its peak in the 70s, but right, then it's right. like, I, I don't know if there's enough for me in the 60s. Right, in, apart from the Beatles. That's what I mean. That's exactly. Okay. So, so in the 70s, it's somewhere like, in you've there. got most of what you talk exactly. about. Exactly. So, and because Floyd, Let Zeppelin, It Be is actually oh, like, potentially my second favorite Beatles album. Mm -hmm. It helps the seventies case a lot. <laughs> oh no, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good album. Love that. Okay. And then finally number 11, the final question, which I'm assuming must be, it will be one of the hardest questions. Oh gosh. Yeah. Answer. I didn't look at this one. Your greatest album of all time. The what wall, the freaking wall. The freaking it's wall. the wall. Like, do you see how little hesitation I had? Yeah, it yeah. is the wall. The wall is the singular great. I think the Beatles are the best band to ever exist, but, yeah. the, wall but the wall is the is best like... album to ever exist. Yeah. It's a rock opera. It's got every genre of music in there. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful. It's emotional. It's got a story the about yeah, the concept. Of the I was going to say like the connection to his personal uh, experiences with his dad going to war and yeah, yeah. just blowing my mind with musical transitions in between songs and yeah. just like all culminating with one of the most insane out-of-body rock tracks to ever exist, which is The Trial. Holy Unbelievable. Shit, right. yeah. Like, compare that to, like, something from their, like, a 60s album from Pink Floyd. It's like, how did we get here? This is awesome. It literally. It's so cool. So I could talk about The Wall for... That's another six, whole and I, Exactly. I've never seen the movie, though. So I'm, I'm a sinful Pink Floyd fan. <laughs> I mean, I haven't there. either. I've listened to the album countless times. I've heard, I haven't heard but... great, great things about it. Right, I know it's just right. more of a just a surreal experience, but I definitely want to watch it someday. No, absolutely. And with is that, that everything? That's all the questions, Don't and that's all of the stories. And with Don't that, we have reached the end of the soundtracks of our lives. How do you <laughs> feel right now? It must have been. It was emotionally so draining. Yeah, I was confronted, not confronting, but I was just reliving a lot of my life. And that's no, you like were very, confronted. I, I basically pushed true. you into a wall. It's true. Into you really pushed wall. me. You pushed yeah. me into the wall. It's true. The final. I'm so glad that was the final question. <laughs> it was the wall. Yeah. That's great. But yeah, like I, I, I felt like I was reliving a lot of my life and it really helped me kind of summarize everything I've ever experienced musically in like a neat little bow. So this yeah. was like a, this was like a therapy session for me. So Ryland, oh, I appreciate this. I love this. that. Oh my God. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. So, so much Thank for agreeing you. to do this. This Absolutely. was, I think one of the most profound episodes I've <laughs> ever recorded. I I'm going to say that. That makes me and feel it's like, so happy, dude. Oh my God. Incredible. The fact that we have like so, I mean, so much in common, so much in common and yet something so different, which is like, which is special. incredible. Exactly. Yeah. I, I felt the same way. I, I felt so natural speaking about all this stuff and it was just so fun to kind of react to the moments that you shared in our musical like history talk and reminisce and all exactly. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And just with these journeys, like you don't know how much people like have in, in common and like, you were like, yeah, I listened to that in 10th grade too. And I was like, yeah. It's weird like to think the, that I might have listened to the same time. The like, yeah, the weirdest part was the timing in exactly. which all these things occurred. It, yep. it was wild. So that was so cool. And we just have so many, obviously, so many overlapping artists. So yeah, yeah. this was a meant to be podcast and I loved every minute this of it. This was a meant to be podcast. And it all began with How Weird the Al, hell baby. did it not happen I earlier? Know. My biggest surprise was your uh, Weird Al uh, love. That made me <laughs> so, so oh seen. God. I yeah. felt seen. I love Finally, it. the representation we need. All right. And All right, my friend. Before we formally end things, yes, sir. I'm gonna hand the proverbial mic over to you since you have your own. Thank you, I do. So you know, 
this is your time to shine. Tell everyone what you've been doing, what, you know, <laughs> what's out there. This is your time to plug anything and everything that you want to plug. Absolutely. So right now, again, the floor is yours. Wow. Well, you know, to all you amazing, wonderful soundtracks of our lives listeners out there, I appreciate each and every one of you. If you for some reason made it to the end of me and paid attention to me. Uh, I appreciate it so much. And yeah, we are working on our mystery horror feature film over here. Follow us on Instagram at human resources movie. Visit us on our website, humanresourcesmovie.com. Follow us on Twitter, NBD Productions, Facebook, NBD Productions. Dude, we got it all. We're around. We want to talk. I will put all those yes, sir. handles in and stuff. Do and you will worry. see Rylan Martin's name in the credits of the movie. And I couldn't be happier to be saying that fact. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I got to plug, brother. That's all I've been working on for oh the past God. three years. Absolutely. So. And oh, and stream our soundtrack. because That makes the most contextual sense for this podcast. We released our soundtrack on Spotify um, by three brilliant composers. Incredible. It, it, because it's like, like I'm oh. really able to say like, yes, it is incredible yeah. because like it was from composers that like I went through the journey on. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I don't feel prideful in saying like, it's so good because like <laughs> no, they're just such so geniuses. Freaking yeah, good. It really is. So yeah, Nick Sedan, Jamie Pongan, uh, Jack Faulkner, shout out to them, uh, three brilliant composers and go stream our soundtrack anywhere you listen to music. So yeah, that's my plugs, brother. Oh my God, beautiful. My With that, we are at the that's end a wrap. Um, that's a wrap thank you thank you thank you of course my friend. for doing this and to Absolutely. all of our listeners too thank you for listening thank you thank you i love you all you don't know how much this means to me we are back finally after an unexpected year-long break um yikes but yeah follow us on the soundtracks of our lives on instagram follow us on apple Podcasts or subscribe to apple podcasts do it um like it on spotify it's all the same thing. The soundtracks of our lives. And yeah, that, that is we have reached pretty much end. it. Oh what a journey, God. dude. What, what a, a great time. Journey. Wow. I am okay. so immensely happy. I know. And this. I am very excited to listen back to it. <laughs> oh, hell yes. Relive this amazing night. All right, dude. Really appreciate right. it. And yeah. uh, until next time, enjoy the next podcast, all you listeners out there. But for now, I am signing out. To you.